Welcome to They Mostly Podcast at Night, episode 267, The Exorcist. What an excellent day for this podcast. It sure is an excellent day for this podcast, is it not? It is. How are you doing, Cass? I'm just fine, Carnage. How are you? I'm good. Well, listeners, we have some news that we probably should just burst right into, right? Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, do you want me to go or do you want me to go? This is our last episode. Do you want me to go or do you want me to go? Do you want me to go or do you want me to go? That's why I want. Neither, you fucker. <laughs> yeah, sadly, this is our last episode. We will be closing out this this podcast. But there are 200... Hold on. 266 other episodes that you can go back and enjoy. You know what I really find amazing about this five-year run that we've had? What's that? There are still so many movies we didn't do. I know. I know. There's a lot. There is. But there's so many movies out there. Uh, That's what I mean. Like, I'm just astounded. But, like, I always kind of thought as horror as, like, this smallish genre. Like, it's not the most popular genre. Right. You know, like, it, it... it attracts a very specific type of person, and it's it's not, like, the big genre. It doesn't win Oscars all the time, and, like, people don't think of it as, like, serious filmmaking right. a lot of time. And so you kind of it – it tends to get overlooked, and it's just – but it's just amazing to me how many horror movies have really been made. Like, the passion – and the commitment and the love of the horror genre. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really fabulous. Well, and I've, I've found doing this podcast how many subgenres there are. Like, I didn't know anything about Giallo. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about, like, I knew, like, I knew what I liked. Yeah. And I've discovered so many other movies with that. Yeah. I felt like um, before we did this podcast, I, a, a couple years in a row, I had done this thing every October is like a Halloween horror movie challenge mm-hmm. where you'd be challenged to watch at least like one horror movie a day. And a lot of times you could find lists and like groups to participate in where like, it would give you criteria for movies to discover to watch. And so what I really just loved so much about doing this podcast was just how many movies I discovered. Mm-hmm. Like you said, like subgenres that you didn't know existed, directors you'd never heard of, um, just like, you know, like so many stories and imagine so much imagination and... Um, like, it's just incredible. I'm just really happy with how many movies I got to see and stuff that I normally wouldn't watch. Mm. You know, like, it really pushed me out of my comfort zone in horror, too, because I'm a classic horror person. That's my thing. Mm. But um, I, I, I have definitely seen some awesome movies that I probably never would have watched. The Purge. That's not the one I was thinking of, actually, but... I know it was Final Destination. You're off to admit it. Yes. My love for Final Destination knows no bounds, and now everyone on the internet knows exactly how I feel about that movie. No, I I agree, too. There's been some movies out there, too. I just feel like... um, I know, too, like the downside of it is, though, it's kind of become... 
there's the good and then there's the bad. Because the good is we've seen so much. The bad is we've seen so much. Like your mom and I were just talking when you were in the bathroom. Be like, I feel so jaded. Yeah. I feel jaded. Like every time I see a horror movie, I'm like, oh, whatever. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I fall asleep during the one we just did a little bit. Because I, I have seen it before. Yeah. But I was more, I liked it the first time I saw it. And this time I'm like, okay, this is the so boring. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I think that's probably part of the problem. Though. It's just I've become so jaded that... It's not exciting for me anymore. You know what I mean? Like seeing a horror movie is not yeah. as exciting. Like it has to have a lot of good criteria for it to be really good to me. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, because we've seen so many. We've seen like now you know like what's been done to mm-hmm. death. And, and now you know when you come across a really original gem. Whereas before you would have maybe been entertained by something that really wasn't that great because you just didn't know how to death it had been done. Right. Because you hadn't seen a million horror movies. I think we've we've seen actually we've this would make um, 260. 68 uh because we have one unnumbered episode one right. that didn't well, but that's not how many movies we've seen but, too, though. no it's not how many yeah. movies we've seen but for this podcast we've watched 268 movies no i'm saying remember there's been some podcasts that have a duplicate episodes like we watched two or three movies remember especially during halloween oh, over sawtober yeah so i mean we've watched probably about 300 for this podcast yeah, about so, I yeah. would say yeah, more more closer Especially to three hundred. Like, yeah, with um the Stephen Kings and everything like that. Right, King of Palooza. When we did King of Palooza, mm-hmm. when we did Halloween of Palooza, when we yep. did Sawtober, yep. when we did, um oh god, like just like which like okay, I have to say those Octobers we've done five Octobers <laughs> of pure insanity. Oh god, yes. like oh my gosh, I can't believe. How completely like bonkers we we were, like watching like nine ten movies for one month oh, of I know. podcasting. <laughs> like, Which it doesn't like. I'm sure everyone's going home like, well, that nine ten movies a month that doesn't seem like a lot. But when you have like, it's not just watching the movie. It's the prep work you put into it. It's the actual recording of it. It's right. the actual of, okay, we've got it. We can't just passively watch this. Right. You have to actively watch this movie. You know right. what I mean? You so, got to be like either taking notes physically or in your head. You've mm-hmm. got to prepare things to say about it. You're looking up information. You're looking up trivia. You're reading behind the story. You're reading about the actors, the directors, the writers. Like, um, And we're timing our schedules where we could be together, which isn't always right. easy anymore for us. Right. So, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah. And then there's all the... There's all the time that goes into editing and... Mm, can't even imagine that. And oh, the episodes oh we've God. lost because sometimes... And the, the episodes that didn't work out that mm-hmm. we lost due to, um, like, recording issues. Um, yeah. Or even, like, The Raven where we just watched it and then decided not oh, to do God. it. <laughs> I think those that we lost due to recording issues, those movies were cursed. <laughs> they were cursed, yeah. Like, definitely. you're not going to record about us. You're not going to talk shit about us. Yeah, you're not talking about us at all because, yeah, 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 <laughs> definitely. So there are definitely some good times, definitely some downsides, but ultimately I Just, think it was a whole, whole wholesome experience. Not wholesome. This show's not wholesome. <laughs> in all no. in all, it was a great experience, though. Such a great experience. I feel so lucky that we did it. I'm so Ooh. glad that five years ago I was like, let's talk about horror movies. And you were like, yeah, sure. Like... <laughs> And 
And just, you know, like, even though, like, I've complained about movies you've made me watch and you've complained about movies I've made you watch, (laughs) still, like, it's just, I don't know, it's just cool to me that I've had all these experiences. Mm. And, like... Like, um, we forced each other to watch them. Like, I don't think I would ever saw The Birds unless you forced me to watch it and I enjoyed it. So, I mean, like, like, like... some that I forced you to watch it, like yeah. as above, so below, like. And I enjoyed that movie a lot. Yeah, I yeah. Like, so I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, even the ones that were like so bad, like maybe not the ones that steam was coming out of my ears, but <laughs> like they're even like the bad ones. Like I enjoyed making fun of them. Yeah, like, it was fun too. You yeah, know, it was fun to just like I don't know, like that. That sounds mean, but I don't care. It was fun. I don't care. And guys, this isn't our last podcast. I mean, this is just the, 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 the conclusion of this podcast. There will probably be something we'll do out there in the future. Yeah, I'm sure we'll come back to podcasting at some point, like in some form or another. Like, who knows what it'll be about? Probably mm-hmm. won't be about horror. But um... could be a show about nothing. <laughs> the Seinfeld of podcasting. <laughs> yeah, right. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just it's been five years. It's been a wild ride. It's mm-hmm. just been like so much blood, sweat, and tears, as they say. Yeah, like that really does apply. Like I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure I cried. No, I definitely cried. Um, Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I want to watch this movie. I no, I'm just kidding. This movie, but you know, like. I don't know. It was a great experience. It was a great time. I love that I got to do it with you. Same. Like, just, I mean, we had so much fun. We did. We had so much fun. So, and I want to say thank you to everybody who guested on the podcast, everybody who helped out with the podcast. Big shout out to Maverick, who did our social media Mm -hmm. um, and was a frequent guest was our Stephen King expert Mm -hmm. and um, her husband, Joe, who was a guest. Um, Also, all our friends who came up with fun names, like Catastrophe, like sticking out with the, bringing the the Paranormal Activity movies. I probably never would have thought to bring those to the podcast without her. Um, Morpheus, who, well, he slept through everything, but you know. All of our friends were so supportive, and yeah. they've all been on here. I believe they've all been on here one time or another. Just about everybody. Yeah. Um, I thinking of two people whose names I can't remember what they came up with. They were on here a couple times. Balloon pants. One of them was like balloon pants or something. One was like like sparkle pony balloon pants. And <laughs> I don't and I don't remember. Yeah, like I don't remember, but. Uh, we love you all. Thank you so yes, much for your support. We do. We love you so much. We really appreciate your support and, and your and your words. And members of our um, our website. Yes. That um, our fan page. Yes. All the ones that contribute there. Uh, also, thank you to the people at Morbidly Beautiful who were yes. a part of that collective, and we were so great to be a part of it too. Yeah, we were so glad to meet. Um, all the Morbidly Beautiful people, all the other podcasts on the network to get mm-hmm. to collaborate a little bit occasionally with them. And, um, you know, like, like kind of just, I don't, know, I don't know what I want to say. Like, just be like. A part of something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like to be a part of the horror community. Mm-hmm. And, um, 
Oh, and um, and the other podcasts mm-hmm. that we met, that we guested on, that guested with us, um, Erica and Susie and um, and um, Stephanie from Morbidly Beautiful, um, who has her own podcast now, which mm-hmm. is awesome. Well, she's had it for a while. I don't want to say it's like new. No, it's not new. Sorry, I don't mean to, but yeah, um, <laughs> but. And the um, girls at um, oh Stephanie and Sarah, from Dead Time Stories. Yes, mm-hmm. Dead Time Stories, Dead Time Stories for sure. They were really big supporters in the early days. Mm-hmm. We did an ad exchanges with them, mm-hmm. like promo exchanges, not ad exchanges, but promo exchanges with them. Um, just like everybody that we met, all the other podcasters we met, all the fans we met. Well. I mean, yeah, fans we've met of some horror. fans. We've yeah. met some fans. Um, everybody we got to interact with and talk horror with, and um, you know, I'll always have great memories of that little horror convention we went to. Yeah, the horror. <laughs> well, it was more like a little festival, but whatever. It was a one day thing that we 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 went to when we wore our shirts and we brought my hedgehog Dexter. <laughs> we had a great time and got to meet. Um, some actors that we respected. Oh, that and, one. I thought you were talking about the one in Columbus that we were down there for a day with the panels and stuff. No, um, but that one too. Yeah. That was cool. I wish that the pandemic hadn't shut them down. I know. That really stunk because we were pandemic. totally going to be a part of their, their podcast yeah. festival until the pandemic hit and then they canceled. And I don't think they started up again they have not. ever since then, which is really a shame because that was a cool thing. Hopefully maybe somebody in the future will do that again. Yes. Um, but yeah, no, <laughs> when we were running around that little horror festival, the George Romero, Moreauville, yeah. uh, Moreauville mall in PA. Um, that was fun. Meeting Ken Foray mm-hmm. and, and uh, people taking pictures with Dexter and posing in front of the shack from Evil Dead. <laughs> that was just tons of fun. And yeah, like I, just so many good memories. It's a good time. Yeah. Well, I hate to say it, but for the last time, do you want to tell them who we are and what we do? Sure. For the last time ever, we are They Mostly Podcast at Night. Mostly. We are two best friends of 25 years who bicker and banter our way through a different horror movie each week we take turns picking the flicks uh because that's how it works and we fight a lot because we have hashtag friendship goals our friendship lives in the hashtag mariana's trench of hate where we mma style duke it out in our very own octagon when we don't see eye to eye on movies which is often (laughs) but always fun um Spoilers ahead and expletives ahead. And this week we did The Exorcist. It was rated R. It was done in 1973. It was two hours and two minutes oh my long. God. And it got an 8.1 on the IMDb scale. What about the tomato meter? So glad that you asked because the tomato meter is certified fresh at an 84%. Critics consensus The Exorcist rides its supernatural theme to magical effect with remarkable special effects and an eerie atmosphere resulting in one of the scariest films of all time audience score 87 percent 
Oh, God. We're going to be slaughtered for this. Okay. Do you want to <laughs> do casting? We're very unpopular. Okay. Um, yes. <laughs> casting. So, um, yep. Let me pull it up here. Come on. There we go. All right, Chris McNeil was Ellen Burstyn. She was in Requiem for a Dream, Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore, and The Divine Secrets of the Yaya Sisterhood. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Father Marin was Max von Sydow. He's in Flash Gordon, Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close, and Hannah and Her Sisters. Sharon was Kitty Wynn. She was in The Exorcist 2, Peeper, and The Panic in the Needle Park. Burke was Jack McGrowan. Uh, he was in The Quiet Man, The Fearless Vampire Killers, and Darby O'Gill, and sadly he died the same year this came out in 1973 of the flu. Okay, I'm sorry, that's very sad. That is very sad, and I feel really terrible about that, but I love Darby O'Gill and the little people. Okay. <laughs> I watched that a lot growing up. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, Father Karras was Jason Miller. He was in The Exorcist 3, Vampire Rudy, and he died in 2001. Oh. Reagan was Linda Blair. <laughs> she was in Landfill, The Blair Bitch Project, and Exorcist 2, which yeah. I've got to see that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want a little summary? I would love one of Carnage's famous five-second summaries. A girl plays with a Ouija board and things go awry. Your mother what? sucks cocks in hell. Okay. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> I'm just saying I'm sorry. Oh, okay. my gosh. I was... Okay, so... I was so excited for the pea soup spitting, head spinning, expletive, shouting Linda Blair in this movie. I couldn't wait because I remembered how fantastically fun her exorcism was. And then we put this movie on and it was so fucking boring. I know. You know what? I'm going to go back to the first time I saw it too because it was more exciting the first time I saw it, which was like last year or the year before. But this time it was... It was a slow burn, and you know oh. how much I hate a slow burn. Oh, I know. I have I know no patience for it. I have no patience, though, like at all. Well, yeah, but like I have problems with patience too. But as long as like the story is moving and like things are happening, and there's like even if things are happening like in a look or a tense moment or atmosphere and scenery, and like I'm good, I'm happy. This, like, nothing freaking happened for the first hour of this movie. I mean, oh my god. Did you notice there was no soundtrack? Yeah, what was with that? Yeah, like, like no scary sound. Like, because, well, I mean, I, it's kind of a cleaner version that kind of, like, you appreciate the horror more for the horror instead of the soundtrack to back it up. But I think the soundtrack would have helped this movie in this case. Yeah. Instead of being so, especially in the first 10 minutes, we have Max Side at Van, Van, Father whatever. Uh, <laughs> Father Mern. Um, he's in uh, Iraq. Northern Iraq, and the, and yeah. the dig and the elect- archaeological dig and it, it just it's very un maybe that's part of it. it's unnerving not to have any kind of music at all there's like nothing it's just him yeah and weird stairs and digging and People weird stairs being from Iraq I mean it was just weird I mean uh, a statue with a huge penis I mean <laughs> okay well I really appreciated the artwork in the first part when they're in Iraq because I think like islamic art is really cool mm-hmm. and like especially like like ancient art from that region right it wasn't called iraq then obviously um but no it's really cool like even like the weird statues and with the with the grotesque faces <laughs> and like all that stuff is like i don't know i just think it's really neat like, i just love how they look at it like it's, oh, it's evil it's evil i know like everything's evil it's like okay 
It's like how people think gargoyles are evil. No, no, no. They're made that way to scare away the evil. Right, yeah. You like know, they're protectors. They're like, protectors. Yeah. No, they're not evil inherently. So. Right. Or like in, or like as um the priest says, like like evil to scare away evil. It's like, um uh, yeah, that's not a thing. No. Um, no. <laughs> like like when this art was made, like there, there were not such things as demons. I'm sorry. Yeah, like, no. there were not. Okay, so there but you go. The only thing, like the first part, has anything to do with the rest of this movie is it's introducing of this this father that he deals in spiritual shit. That's really it. That's all it does to promote the part, you know, like to further the movie. It doesn't do anything to further the, the story. It has nothing to do with the no. story, I feel like. No. It, well, like the only thing that really like he finds that little artifact that he finds with the with the scurry face, mm-hmm. quote unquote, is supposed to represent Pazuzu, um, who was a um, a mythological feature from Assyrian and Babylonian mm-hmm. times. Um, like... But, like, it's, I don't know. And then, like, he sees a large statue of Pazuzu, and there are dogs fighting, and there's just people standing around, like, being people, but they're foreign. I don't know. Like, it's like, is this, I I feel, like, kind of bad saying this, but am I supposed to be scared because they're They're from from Iraq? Like, I don't, I don't know. It was just like, I feel like this is trying to creep me out, but I'm not creeped out. It's just people. Because it's just people, and they're like archaeologists, and they're digging up ancient art, which is cool. I don't know. but And they're all from Britain, because the U.S. wasn't allowed to own people over there. Yeah. <laughs> True story. True story. Um, so then, So then we go back to America, um, to Washington, D.C., the neighborhood of Georgetown, um, where the actress Chris McNeil is starring in a film directed by her friend Burke, who is kind of an asshole. He's a piece of shit. Like, I see no... Re- Why are they friends? I see no redeeming quality in him in any of his scenes. Like, they start out when you see him in this scene. She's, like, hugging him. But he says something kind of, like, rude to her. Yeah. And she laughs about it, and they hug. And I'm like, okay. She Yeah, it makes no sense. She asks about the script. He's like, what do you want me to do? Bring the writer back from France? And they laugh and hug. Like... Yeah, like, all right, I'll take... Weird moments I'll for take, 500. Yes, weird moments for 500, please. Um, it doesn't make any sense. And you're like, okay, but this guy's supposed to be so great. All right, well, I'm willing to give him another shot. But the next time you see him, he's drunk off his ass and talking about disgusting things. Alien and accusing, pubic hair. Yes, and accusing Swiss guys of being Nazis, which, I mean, could be... Like, everybody's like, oh, Switzerland was neutral. No, they weren't. Um, no, they fucking weren't. Um, but you know what? Ignoring the conflict is also evil. So not picking a side is not the flex you think it is. Well, they weren't neutral either. But they also weren't neutral. They yeah. were actively ha- helping the Nazis. So, yeah. Uh- <laughs> Plus, you, but you don't just accuse somebody. Like you're. Uh- but you don't do that. You don't, like, meet a guy at a party and be like, oh, you're Swiss, I bet you're a Nazi. Like, what, what the hell is that? Right. He was just drunk off his ass. They had to actually help him out. And then, then the next time you see him, he dies. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. so he's in the movie, but he's barely in it. He's supposed to be her and great piece friend, of shit. but I have seen nothing about him that makes me like him as yeah, a no. character. Like, I do love, um, so, but they're renting this house in Georgetown. Yeah. And it's on this huge show with this long ass staircase. The famous staircase. The famous yeah. staircase. The one that Burke dies on. Yes. The one everyone dies on. Yeah. Um, so it's a cool set piece. Like, I mean, I, 
set location, yeah, I should say, definitely. because it's, um, I would love to see that because it's kind of a cool, um, you know, you got the houseway or apartment or house, wherever the fuck it is. It looks like it's a brownstone, yeah. but it's up this huge hill with this huge staircase. So yeah, I wonder if you can like, I wonder if that staircase is still around. I don't know. I wonder how many people have really died on it. No, just <laughs> I wonder if they've got that statistic online somewhere. But her kid, um, so her kid, Reagan, she seems like a normal 12 year old at first, you know, wanting a horse. That's normal. Yeah. She's cheerful. She yeah. likes horses. Got babysitter Sharon. Takes her around. She met a guy. You let her ride her horse. That's not sus at all. Just no. saying. Yeah, well, he gave her some candy. It was fine. Whoa. He invited her to his van down by the river. It's fine. It's totally, it's totally a normal See, thing. everyone blames the demon. I think it was that guy that gave her the demon. Just saying. Mm, I, think so. I don't think it was the Ouija board. You're, you're placing blame in the wrong place. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was the yeah. horse that gave her the yeah, demon. Yeah. So the next thing you know, she's like, her mom like finds this Ouija board and she's like, where'd this come from? And Reagan's like, oh, I talked to Captain Howdy with it. And it's like, that's normal. That's fine. It's normal to have an imaginary friend. When you're 12? I'm trying to remember. I had an imaginary friend for a very long time. We were, I was eight and nine. Oh, I never had one. Oh, God. I even picked out where his house was. I remember on the lake. <laughs> like, that's Gus's house. That was my imaginary friend was Gus. Aw. But I never talked to him on a Ouija board because I didn't think he was dead. He was there. Yeah, so right. That part's weird. That part is, is, is weird that she's contacting her alive imaginary friend through a Ouija, Ouija board, board that she used to talk to dead people. Um, and I don't know where she came up with Captain Howie. Mine never obtained too. the the level of captain. No? Mine was a private first class. No, oh, kidding. okay. Yeah, you know, like, I heard about my friend Wendy. She had a colonel, but... <laughs> um you know not every not everybody's imaginary friend can rise up the ranks i'm sorry i know sorry yeah. <laughs> you know sorry Gus. i was a petty officer <laughs> <laughs> did he have any other accomplishments i don't remember oh my goddess I, I all i remember is i still remember his house to his day it was blue it's not blue anymore i can i can tell you right where it is too it's on uh andrews oh really i can still yeah i still remember it it's funny yeah so <laughs> Like show, like roll up there now and be like, "It's Gus here." No, the weird thing is too is um, Gus was my imaginary friend, but Gus was also my nickname. So your nickname was Gus when I was a kid. Yeah, my Why? parents' nickname for me. I don't know. It's my. You don't know Gus. Hey, little Gus, what's going on? I don't know. Yeah, that's, I have to ask my mother. Do you want me to get her on the phone and ask her why my you nickname was Gus? Asked her why she well, called you Gus? Hold on, let's get her on the phone real fast and <laughs> ask her. I'm calling her right now. I'm putting her on speakerphone. Let's turn this up. <laughs> She's probably napping like I would be. Because <laughs> this is how we roll on Saturdays as we nap. I guarantee she's waking up. Hold on. This is important information. You need to wake up. Of course she doesn't wake up. God damn it. She's just like, oh, it's my daughter, Gus. Roll over, hit ignore. <laughs> oh! Sent a voicemail. Boom. Anyway. So, yeah. You didn't have a imaginary friend at all growing up? No, I did not. But I did have nicknames. So, were they? I'll tell you about those. Um, one was Rue. Okay. Um, and also Sally Rue. It kind of turned into Sally Rue, but it was originally Rue. I thought it was Rue from Winnie the Pooh. Um, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, it was from a Second City John Candy character. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Which I think is awesome. Um, 
but uh and then uh, my dad and his friends used to call me lola should i answer yes answer hey you're on speakerphone Hey, quick question for you. Why was my nickname as a kid Gus? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Shit. Why was my nickname as a kid Gus? I don't remember. You guys just came up with that. You called me Gus. What does a little Gus look like? <laughs> All right. Thank you for that insight, Mother. I don't know what to tell you. Maybe Matt remembers. I don't know. I doubt it, though. All right. Well, I'll... All right. I'll talk to you later. I love you. Bye. Bye. I don't know what a little Gus looks like, but apparently it was me. Apparently, so. we'll just have to put a baby picture of you on our Instagram <laughs> or something. You're like, does this look like a gush you know? Yeah. So my dad and his friends called me Lola after a bartender. And, <laughs> and then my grandfather called me Sally Gasoline because that was what I said my name was. <laughs> because I could not pronounce my middle name Kathleen. Uh, I, I said like that. Gasoline. So for a long time, I was Sally Gasoline. So I like that one the best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um. I really like that one, too, actually. <laughs> Sally Gasoline. Actually has a reason behind it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it does. They all, all right. they all did. Um, but, yeah, it was funny. I just thought it was funny that for years I just thought it was, like, Kanga and Rue. Like, I thought Rue was from Winnie the Pooh. No. It was John Candy on It could have been City. worse. It could have been, like, Matt Foley. <laughs> You're like, your nickname was Matt Foley because you live in a ran down by the river. Ran down by the river. Well, the, see, I was already, like, that was the 90s. I, I know, already, I know. I was too old to have a little kid nickname when, I was, when <laughs> Matt Foley was being living in a van down by the river. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, so like um, Google uh, John Candy Second City. What was his name? It was somebody LaRue. And watch a couple sketches because they're really funny. I'm going to put but, it on my Google right now so I remember to do. <laughs> it was like Johnny LaRue or something. LaRue. Okay. Johnny LaRue for City Council. There it is. Yeah. He, he was in a lot of sketches. He was a recurring it's character. It's the first one that came up. Yeah. yeah. Johnny LaRue Christmas show. Johnny LaRue diner scene. Okay. Yeah. And Love then it. when you watch it, you'll laugh because there's something I'm not telling you about that character. Oh, God. Okay. I can't <laughs> wait. <laughs> so anyway, no, I never had an imaginary friend. Um, but Reagan did. Captain Howdy. She talks to him through a Ouija board. That's not weird. Um... <laughs> And then, like, after the scene where she talks to Captain Howdy and asks him if her mom is pretty and he doesn't answer, um, they go to a local church where a statue of Mary is found desecrated. Scary. Scary. Not really. Which, you know, it's with clay and paint. Just what, just what Reagan deals with. And so do every other fucking kid out there in the 70s, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. It'd be funny if it was Play-Doh. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like you saw Mary with Play-Doh breasts. Yeah. And a Play-Doh penis. Mm-hmm. Well, meanwhile, we meet Father Correas. Correas? Karras. Karras. Yeah. Um, he is... He's... 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 He's an odd duck. Um, he's very... Yeah. Intense. And... He's Greek. 
he's Greek. Well, that's probably why he's intense. He's because he's Greek. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, he's got an ailing mother who dies and he feels very guilty over it. Yes. And he always has this very forlorn look. I always think every time, well, every, every time, both times I've seen this movie, um, I think it's Gabriel Byrne. <laughs> I never remember. It's not Gabriel Byrne. I'm like, Oh look, it's Gabriel Byrne. I'm like, no, it's not. No. It just, no. he looks like him. But, um, He's a psychological psychological counselor to the church for the priests and everything. Yeah. So he gets involved because you see him around town. You see him with his mother and you hear about his mother dying. And, right. Um, but Reagan starts acting out. Right. And we try to take her to doctors. We. Like, I'm a part of this. <laughs> like, I'm a part of her family. They try to take her to doctors to try to get, you know find out what the fuck is going on with her even though it's like her bed that's yeah she starts by saying that like her bed is shaking a lot and Mm -hmm. and like so they take her to the doctor and do like a sleep study at first and like they're like oh we think she has like a neurological disorder and they're using all these stupid words that don't actually mean anything today (laughs) in psychiatry but um basically they say she has adhd and they prescribe her ritalin first it's ritalin and then when they go back to the doctor the second time it's thorazine big jump yeah big jump yes very opposite ends of the drug spectrum (laughs) we meet a real life serial killer the second time yes one of the um the the doctor's helpers paul bateson um he ends up killing people like in real life. In real life, yeah. yeah. In the seventy, like in the seventies, he killed some people and um, about six to seven people. And he was in prison. He got out of prison in two thousand four, though. So oh, he's out good. there somewhere, oh, just nice. waiting yeah. to kill us. Does he get to collect royalties now that he's out of prison? I don't know. Actually, I don't know. I, I mean, did he get to collect royalties while he was in prison? Because he's not profiting off of the murders. No, because he didn't burn anyone in there. That's work movie. that he did before. Before the whole serial killer thing. Well, have you seen some of those SAG royalty checks? So it's not like it's a lot. It's like six or four cents. Well, now. But yeah. Not, it used to be people could, like, yeah, actors true. could live off residuals. I don't know. That's one of the gripes that they have now is that you can't and you used to be able to. So he probably made some decent money from this film. In prison. Well, it went to his commissary, so. Yeah. But anyway. But it's not neurological. It's not no. medical. No. So they finally take to father Karis, yes because they think maybe he can help it's really funny she gets all these doctors together and the doctors are convincing her she needs to take ray into a priest which is hilarious because no psychologist would ever do that Mm -mm. but that's what happens because by the way i don't know if you guys knew this but like exorcisms aren't real it's always 100 percent of the time a thousand percent of the time always 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 mental illness and doctors real psychiatrists don't tell you to take the person to a catholic priest no no that's not a thing that is not a thing that happens well before they even happens um <clears throat> reagan makes herself known at one of chris's party and yep. says this is the end by peeing on the floor be like i've had enough of you people this is what i'm gonna do my next party that i'm like i've had enough of you people being in my you house you just want everybody to go home and they won't you're just yeah like, i'm just gonna have somebody come in and pee on the carpeting just grin, grin and then just pss. yeah and tell people you're gonna die up there you're gonna die up there yeah and then maybe Did they'll she leave say that to burke no she said it to the astronaut oh oh okay burke was already gone by then he was oh, drunkly right. carried he out was, by okay. two women i just thought maybe she said it to burke because he later dies but. yes yeah when he's supposed to watch her sharon leaves burke there 
to watch Reagan. A drunk she, Frenchman. What is she thinking? Well, I don't think he was drunk at the time, but yeah. <laughs> he's French. He's always drunk. No, I'm was just kidding. French? I don't know if he was yes, really he French. Yes, he was French. Okay. Because <clears throat> Burke's not a French name. That's why I'm asking. Oh, well, I don't know. It says in this that he's French. No, I know that. No, I, I know what it says. I'm just saying Burke is not a French name. No, it's not. Lazy writing. It's true. <laughs> but um, yeah, so Sharon leaves him to go pick up some prescriptions, apparently, because they can only do that at night. Right, naturally. Yeah, because yeah, the pharmacy's open. 24 hours. Yeah, like like we have great time finding one of those even nowadays. I so, know, right? Um, when she gets back, no one's there, though. Right. Chris gets back first, no one's there. It's freezing cold in Reagan's room. No one's there. Yeah. Sharon comes in. She yells at Sharon for not being there. And then someone else comes in and says, Burke's dead. Yeah, she's like, she's like, Sharon, what are you thinking? And Sharon's like, no, 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 I left her with Burke. It's okay. Like, First of all, why would you leave that psychopath with anyone? <laughs> right. He looks like he is a pedophile. He does. I would not leave him with anyone. 18 or under or above. No. He just should not be in the general company of people. Yes. But um, she does. And then the next thing we know, he's gone and he's dead because he fell down the stairs. Fell down the stairs. With his head twisted all the way around. Yay. Oh, wait. Actually, yes. But this brings a detective to the... Oh, God. This is, it brings a detective in who... I love this because Chris is like like trying to be shady and doesn't want to tell him about her daughter's problems or anything. You know, right, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But he ends up asking for her autograph at the end. It's for my daughter. No, it's just for me, really. <laughs> How unprofessional are you, you stupid... Piece of shit. I remember when I worked for a um, hospital system, we used to have to watch like training videos every year. And most of them were like safety and blah, blah, blah. But there was always one that was basically like, if you see somebody famous in the hospital, this is how you behave. Don't gossip about them. Don't ask them for their autograph or bother them or tell people that you saw them because like HIPAA is still a thing, even though they're famous. Right. But it just like, it just cracks me up the way he acts. Like it's so ridiculous. Because it's so unprofessional. I've seen angels six times. Really? You're such a nice man. Well, you're such a nice woman. Oh my God. I want to puke. And that's when I fell asleep the first time. Yeah, it is. One of the times (laughs) you fell asleep. One of the times. Oh God. And that's when he leaves and... So what do we think? Did Dennings defenestrate himself out of Reagan's window because the staircase is beneath her window? Burke, you mean? Yes, Burke. Burke Dennings. That's his name. Oh, sorry. Um, I think she threw him out the window. You think she threw him? I think she threw him. I think she threw him. Yeah, she... I'm going to say she threw him. And I, I'm all for her for that reason. Yeah, well, Pazuzu threw him. So. Pazuzu. Go, Pazuzu. Yay! Not Pazuzu. <laughs> Pazuzu? No, Pazuki. Pazuki. Pazuzu. <laughs> So we get to the scene where she's masturbating on a crucifix violently and then has her mother lick her and then throws her mother across the room. Disgusting. This whole thing's disgusting. <laughs> and throws her across the room, blocks Sharon out, and she finally manages to crawl out. And that's when they call the doctors in again. And the doctors actually come to the house. And that's when they say, nope, she needs a priest. Right, yeah. She needs a priest. <laughs> Science ain't helping her. God's got to help her. I mean, God's right, like yeah. her only her only thing. As scientists, we just have to admit that we don't know what the shit we're talking about. And <laughs> you really need a religious person to help you out because priests are heroes. So that's when incognito Chris goes to meet Father Karras. Karras. I don't know what I'm saying. 
Um, and she takes her him to see Reagan, and Reagan in the demon voice. I know your your mother. Your you know your She's, mother's your mother's here there. with us. And um, she gets puked on. Yes. Which um, Linda Blair hated vegetables so much she actually puked at eating the vegetable soup. Nice. Yes. I actually went and watched this part because it grosses me fuck out. Would you like some pea soup? No, fuck off. We're having it for dinner tonight. I'm not stay eating in, here. I'm not staying here. Pea no. soup with us. No. It's got chunks of ham in yeah, it. I hate you so much. It's a so nice disgusting. thick green. It's a nice hearty soup. <sighs> I make a Christmas ham every year, right? Yeah. My mother has to save the bone for pea soup. I want no part of it. I say, you do it. You make your pea soup when I am not here. Pea soup is delicious. It's disgusting. I can't. Delicious. It's disgusting. I will vomit right now on your face. It is delicious. Speaking of vomiting on your face, um, yeah. the tube is only supposed to vomit on Jason Miller, who plays Father Karras. Karras? I know. I know. I'm sorry. Um Supposed to just vomit on his chest, but the tubing malfunctioned and got all over his face, and he was so mad. He was so mad. He's like, "That's the worst part of this whole film." Was but that? That happened. was the money shot. Oh, so disgusting! <laughs> money shot. Money shot. Anyway, um, he, you know, he he thinks he's got it fixed. He thinks he's got it. He's like, "I got rid of this demon. We're cool." Yeah, we're cool. No. He did not. He wants to go. He goes to visit her again and like sprays her with holy water and she freaks out. Mm-hmm. It's not really holy water. It was water from the tap. He never blessed it. Yeah. So either the demon is stupid or just really, really gullible. What do you think? Um, I think that obviously what we have at work here is the placebo effect and demons are susceptible to it as well. <laughs> they believe anything, those demons. God. Just put a white collar around your neck and say something is holy and they just freak the fuck out. So Karis doesn't think it's a demon, but he, he agrees to get an exorcism going anyway. And they bring in Father Marin. Who almost died during one exorcism. Well, this is the one to knock him over. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this man was already fragile to begin with, which is funny because Max Van, Van Sydow was 44 during the moment. But they make him look like he's fucking early 70s, late 80s. Do, early yeah. 70s. And um, yeah, he keels over trying to get rid of this demon. Yeah. He has a heart attack and dies. Yeah. He man was so fragile. Why would you bring him into this? Score one for Pazuzu. Oh, I know, right? Well, two. We got rid of Burke, too. Yeah, two. All I right. Mean, Pazuzu, two. Technically, three. Humans, zero. Come on now. Um, so, Karis begs Pazuki to come into him. He's not a cookie. <laughs> I know, but it just sounds more tasty. <laughs> Pazuzu to come into him uh-huh. which the demon's like yes that's what i wanted all along so he come well he, well yeah he did i mean why what's a 12 year old gonna do well, why why wouldn't you just possess the priest he has to, to be, be invited alive. in like the vampire uh no <laughs> i don't think that's how that works so anyway uh supposedly pazuzu jumps into karis and karen jumps himself out the window so score three for Pazuzu. Three for Pazuzu. You know, I really think this movie is like unfair against Pazuzu because possession is nine tenths of the law. <laughs> you did not just say that. You're an asshole. <laughs> um, anyway, there's an epilogue. Chris and Reagan leave. I think Reagan's still possessed. That's my thing. The way she's staring at 
dire. Yeah, it's really kind of weird. She, like, stares at him. She's supposedly moved by the sight of his clerical collar, and she hugs him and gives him a kiss on the cheek. I think, personally, it's a threat. That's death kiss. <laughs> yeah. That's one of those kisses that the Italians give in the mom movies. Exactly. He's going to find <laughs> a horse bitch. head in his bed the next day. I guarantee it. We also saw the director's cut, which has a slightly different ending. Um, Dyer returns the, 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 um, the medal and suggests that she keeps it. And then she and Reagan drive away. And then he pauses at the top of the stone steps, considers him hucking himself down there, but then decides, you know, not to, and walks away where he comes across the lieutenant who missed their departure. Mm-hmm. And then they strike up a friendship over movies. Ha 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 ha. It's so great. Oh, palling around. Gonna go watch Weather and Heights together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's more than a palling around movie, if I may say so myself. <laughs> I think that detective has got ulterior motives. I mean, <laughs> well, like what? The priest was a good-looking man. Let's just say, yeah. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Anyway, end movie. End movie. What are, are you... your thoughts here? Um, I okay. So I wanted to like let me talk about a little bit about why I thought this would be a good last movie to do. Okay. Um, I just thought we this one we were kind of saving for that podcast festival that then got ended by COVID. Yes. Um, so then we never did it, but we were saving it for something special. And I thought, why not go out with a classic, a movie that is considered to be one of the scariest horror movies ever? It always makes those top x number of scary horror movies it's always usually like around number one or number two it's always considered to be such a scary movie it had a profound effect on audiences in the 70s but i know tons of people who weren't even alive when this movie came out who still think this is the scariest movie ever so i thought oh it's like the perfect movie to do for our last movie um but personally I don't know why people think this movie is scary. I don't think this movie is scary. For one thing, I have a real big problem with exorcisms, but even just that, watching it purely for entertainment value, I have to say, I'm just, I was not entertained, for one thing. For another thing, this was based off a book who wrote, the guy who wrote it did it because he wanted to scare people back to church. That, his words. Like, we don't need your propaganda. We can think for ourselves. I'm not scared to go back to church. I just don't want to do it. <laughs> no, he wanted to scare you into going oh, back to no, church. No, he went the not other make way. You scared to go to church. <laughs> he went the completely other way. <laughs> um, but yeah, like as far as like horror movies go, on my personal chaos's personal scary list, honestly, I just. I don't think it's scary. I, but then again, you know what? Like, a lot of people, like, demons really scare them. And I was not raised in a religious household. I am not religious. I do not think demons are real. Therefore, to me, this movie is about as real as paranormal activity. Mm. Like, all it is is you're just... It's just... It's so incredibly fake. And, I like, I'm not shocked by a little kid saying bad words. We were those kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, like the most 
improbable part of the movie is when her mother's like, Reagan doesn't swear. It's like, I, I know, right? guarantee you Reagan swears. Maybe oh, not yeah. in front of you. She's 12 for fuck's sake. But she is 12 years old. When she is on that playground, she swears. I know. It was the 70s. It was a different time, apparently. So maybe she didn't. We were, we, you know what? We were 80s babies. Maybe it was just different for us that we just swore all the time. No, she swore. She swore. <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know. But, you know, but, like, this was actually um, written in a time where, like, exorcisms weren't really a thing that was well-known either. So I'm sure it got some scary points for, like, really introducing people to demonic possession and exorcism as a thing because the last exorcism in the United States at that time, I don't know about now because now they're more popular and well-known. Although I do know it is very hard to get one done. Thankfully, because have you tried to get one? Done? I maybe so for me, I don't want to, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> um, but like at the time, the last exorcism performed in the U S was in 1949. Okay. Like this exorcism were a thing in no. 70, 73. So, like I the think like it got it got there, a but... lot of um a lot of points. But like now with like ghost hunting shows and paranormal shows just being like paranormal reality shows being so normal. Mm-hmm. Um people just even if they're not Catholic, they're like, Oh yeah, you know, demons. <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> it's like, a thing. But like like back in the seventies, like only Catholics believed in demons. Right. Like that just wasn't a thing. So, you know. Well, now everyone believes in demons. So. Well, I'm not saying everybody believes in demons, no, but kidding. a lot of people now believe, like, now that there's a lot of different religious, um, like, these paranormal shows are very prevalent. Um, other faiths are more prevalent and well known. Like, people just, people don't even know anything about demons but they're like oh yeah you know demonic spirits real you know i mean like the conjuring movies enough said yeah so um but yeah so like i understand like like this had things that could scare people in it possession and 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 the the angiography scene was very with the blood spurting out of her neck and like gross that was gross than anything <laughs> that was very like you know like medical scenes um like medical science impinging upon the innocence of this little girl you know um like she was so young and innocent and and like and it really like demonizes psychiatrists and medicine mm-hmm. and and um and uh you know like like oh like science can't save her medicine can't save her drugs can't save her you know the only thing that can save her is a catholic priest okay so like i get there was a lot of and there was a lot of things that had never been seen before when she spider walks down the stairs that really disturbed people Mm -hmm. Um, because they'd never seen a contortionist before, I guess, or an acrobat. That's but, possible. Not everyone went to the circus. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, like stuff just wasn't as prevalent um, then as now. But like I said, like there are still people who are young 
who grew up with this stuff and it still scares the pants off of them. So, you know, like I, I get that it's like objectively scary, but it just does not scare me. Long story short. Same. TLDR. Sorry for that rant. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, I didn't find the story especially um, interesting. It didn't keep my attention. I kept looking up different things like, like how did they discover penicillin? Which was actually more interesting than this movie. Um, it turns out, it turns out that penicillin was really difficult to make at first, and it took a long time between discovering penicillin and it being able to be widely available to people where it actually became like a standardized drug. I mean, like back then, like you could die from a paper cut if it got infected, you know? Right. Like, like people, I mean, they had nothing to combat infection with. It was way more interesting than this movie. <laughs> um, but, um, but yeah, like, I don't know, but I mean this, like I, I did read that this movie held like, the number one box office slot for horror movies rated R until 2017. Damn. Yeah. And it got two Oscars too. So yeah. Hmm. Crazy. Um, yeah, it grossed 1.9 million, which would be like 8.98 million in modern dollars in its first week, um, which set house records in each theater. With an average of $70,000, which is equivalent to about $300,000 in modern ticket prices. Um, Reagan was nominated for an Oscar, although she lost to the little girl from Paper Moon, which I contend is a much better movie. So Tatum O'Neill. I'm not mad. Yeah, Tatum O'Neill. I'm not mad about it. Paper Moon was an awesome movie. In case you're curious, go watch that movie. It is a good movie. Um, <laughs> Um, it definitely evoked more of an emotional response in me than this movie did. Like, there wasn't really character development. It was all about a little 12-year-old girl hurling insults and slapping people and shaking violently and... Doing gross things. Doing gross things with crucifixes. Like, it was just, it was just, like, it was shock fodder. It was yeah, just, it was it just really meant was. to shock people. A lot of this movie was made to shock people and it worked um uh yeah so like that's what i think i don't know um uh what did, what about anything to add i have a couple things to add. Okay. Not so much about what I thought. Like, I thought, like I said, I, the first time I watched it, it was, um, um, I was more interested because I was mm-hmm. more actively watching it because they really wanted me to see it. They really enjoyed this movie. I'm so sorry. I don't like this movie now. Um, they really enjoyed this movie. They really wanted me to see it. So, but now I'm like, it was, I didn't realize how boring it truly fucking was. Yeah. And it just, it, it. The second go around did not hold my interest. So I mean, there's that. Yeah, there are, and there are a lot of horror movies where, like, the first time we were wa- we watched it, we're like, wow, and then you yes. watch it again, and you're like, oh, yeah, that's great. Like, oh, okay. So it really like had more of an impact, like, 
the first time you saw it, like right. um, Last Shift or That's... or like, um, I don't know if you've seen Cloverfield. No, I haven't yet. The first time I saw Cloverfield, I was just like, oh my gosh, I was just totally enthralled. Mm-hmm. The second time I watched Cloverfield, all I noticed was how shaky the camera was, you know? like oh God, you know how much, yeah. You probably won't ever see it because yes, it is one of those found footage shaky mm-hmm. cam movies. But like the first time I see those movies, I don't even notice the camera because I'm involved in the story. But the second time when I know the story, I'm just like, this that's how you can notice. Will yeah. not stop shaking. <laughs> well, I think I think that just it's a human in, uh, nature to pick up more things the second time. Yeah. And if you if you paid attention the first time and saw the story, you know what's going on. Okay, you're gonna pick up the little details like that, or right. it becomes more of a big detail then. Right. Um, I do have a couple pieces of trivia that I thought were interesting. Okay. The first one is um, the producers really wanted Jamie Lee Curtis. In the Reagan role. Oh, interesting. Um, but Janet Lee refused. Her mom refused. I don't blame so, her. No. And then the other thing was Ellen Burstyn, because she kind of wanted her character to think, like, um, to be poorly armed to fight the devil. So she had this, like, horseshoe bracelet that she wore throughout the whole filming. And at the end, she gave it to Linda Blair. And many years later, they... they they ran into each other on an air flight from uh, Los An- to Los Angeles, and Linda was wearing the bracelet that Ellen had given her. So I thought that was a cute story. Just wow, a cute, that sweet is story. cute. Um, oh, I wanted to say this was nominated for 17 Oscars. Um, well, no, wait, I'm sorry. Let me recount. Ten Oscars and seven Golden Globes. And it won two Oscars, and it won four Golden Globes. Nice. Yeah. Um, let's see. It won a Golden Globe for Best Motion Picture Drama. What? Mm-hmm. Um, Linda Blair won for Best Supporting, Supporting Actress. Really, William Friedkin won for Best Director. William Blatty won for Best Screenplay. That's Golden Globes. Um, as far as Oscars... William Blatty run again for best screenplay and Robert Nudson and Chris Newman won for best sound, which is interesting considering this didn't really have a soundtrack. I mean, it had a little, very little. Yeah. Like, it was, it was lacking. Let's be honest. So it was stark. I think that was, I mean, like obviously that, that was on purpose, but yeah, it didn't work out for this movie. Just saying. Sometimes it works and sometimes it just doesn't work to have that, uh, that that um tension filling silence if yeah. i might it just didn't work for it so um oh uh also they are rebooting this movie they're doing like a requel and they're planning a trilogy well this was a trilogy too so right yeah it makes sense um, but since we won't be around to review those movies, thank God, um, you, you know, just letting you know, that's coming up. See it if you dare. It's by Blumhouse. Yuck. That's... I have no problem with Blumhouse. Oh. We fight on that. Yeah, uh, yeah we, do. we don't. We have no problem. I have no problem with them. So yeah. I think they've come up with some interesting stuff over the years. So I do not. <laughs> so. All right. So let me do fan fiction real fast. Then we can okay. write and get the fuck out. Okay. Um, I have it here. Hold on. There are actually six crossovers on fanfiction.net. Um, there's one with Carrie, one with Death Note. Uh, my favorite, and Trick or Treat, my favorite one, though, is Xena Warrior Princess. Nice! Yeah, I'm here so. for it. <laughs> so go check those out if you're interested. So 
All right. Should we rate? Sure. Um, you want to go first? Um, your pick. You should go first. But yeah, I will. Um, I won't watch it again. <laughs> I definitely won't buy it. I'm going to go 5.66. Oh, nice. There we go. Um, I am going to... Whoops. Whoa. I did buy this movie. It was five whole dollars. Um. <laughs> I don't it's know. too much money. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'll ever watch it again. It might just rot on my shelf after this, or maybe I'll give it to somebody like a friend, just like oh, you that like you don't this like. Movie? Here, take it. Oh, okay. Or maybe I'll send it to an enemy. I don't know. Um, <laughs> but um, I am going to break my five-year tradition in rating things and give this a six point six six. Awesome! Uh, Yay! Want to pimp us and get out? Well, really not much to pimp, so not really much Let's to pimp, pimp others. Um, <laughs> we are still part of the Morbidly Beautiful Podcast Network. Morbidlybeautiful.com has an amazing podcast network, and they are your home for all things horror. Just like a really talented team of writers and really dedicated, passionate behind the scenes people. Um, also, if you're looking for a podcast to replace this one, you can't go wrong with the Morbidly Beautiful podcast. So check them out. They'll be linked in our show notes. Um, I'm not going to ask you for reviews this time. Fuck you. Um, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's just, you know, we're done. So, um, Rod Serling. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. Fucker. <laughs> Uh, we've got like social media for now, but it won't be updated much probably after today. Um, when you're hearing this, mm. I mean, we'll promote this episode, but after that, it'll probably be hit and miss. Yeah. yeah. If we post anything, I don't know. I don't know. We'll Maybe see. I'll take it over. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, can't have it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, but we do have an Instagram, a Facebook, a Facebook group, a Twitter, a good pods and a slasher. Uh, we have a merch store, you know, like now it's like nostalgia, like go, go get those, uh, nostalgia merch purchases before we close the store and they're not available anymore. Oh, (laughs) about like 20 vinyl stickers of us. Yes. (laughs) just gonna pepper them all over everything and it's like you can't even get the podcast anymore (laughs) uh well no you'll always be able to get this podcast that's the last thing i want to say is that although we are going this is the internet so the podcast will always be there to listen to whenever you feel like it because nothing ever disappears on the internet no (laughs) and if you feel like you need to contact us for any reason we'll still periodically check the email which is podcast at night at gmail.com So I'll just say goodbye from chaos. And remember, everyone, if there's only one thing you take away from this podcast, stay bloodthirsty. And good night from Carnage. And as always, we are filmed in front of a live studio audience of very, very supportive and loving cats. Although they're absent today. Where the fuck are they? Sleeping. Bitches.